Lights, camera, action. In a studio where local filmmakers talk to other filmmakers about the inside world of film. Cut! That's not the script. F*** it. We'll fix it in post. Do you wonder how films are produced and what really goes on behind the scenes? Well, stand by. Filmmakers Kevin Mumphrey, Victoria V.A. Jones, and Carson Hype Ferguson explain all the details. Right here on F*** It, We Will Fix It in Post Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you are listening, we thank you for doing so. I'm Kevin Mumphrey. This is F*** we will fix it in post with my colleagues Karsten Hype Ferguson. How are yep, you? I'm good. And Victoria VA Jones. What's going on? Nothing much. That sounds very promising. <laughs> so today we have a guest, and she is an author and screenwriter and fellow podcaster, Rachel Bilal. Did I get that right? Yes. Hello. Oh, that thank, was perfect. Thank God. I'm horrible with names. So thank you for joining us. Of course. I'm happy and excited to be here. I love doing podcasts. Great. So we're going to start off from the beginning. So what what got you into writing? So when I was younger, I always knew that I wanted to be involved with filmmaking ever since, you know, I kind of realized all the moving parts that go into it and, you know, all that's behind the movie magic. Um, but I uh, soon discovered that being in front of the camera was not my strong suit. So <laughs> I started to, you know, kind of explore some other things. And one of the things that kind of got me interested in writing was, you know, just the aspect of storytelling, because my dad is a big storyteller. He, he likes to write short stories and things like that. And at the dinner table, he would always either come up with something or I would have to come up with something like somebody would have to come up with a story every single day. And so I got involved with that. That kind of got me involved with creative writing. And I was like, maybe this is something that I can, you know, do for myself or maybe like turn it into a career. So that's kind of how I got started. And then it just flourished from there. (laughs) So were you um, like um, when you were doing, let's say English in maybe high school or, like did you mm-hmm. did you um like excel at English? Yes, and I was lucky to have a lot of teachers who wanted to get us really involved in writing and creative writing and things like that. Um, so I did excel in English. I didn't always like it just because you know, depending on who you have or what necessarily you're doing, it might not be the most interesting content all the time. But when I look back on it so much that I learned, you know, has helped me kind of form my writing style. So I'm really appreciative uh, for it, but, you know, it is what it is. So, like, usually when um, people start writing, they start with, let's say, poetry or little Mm -hmm. short stories. Was that the same for you? Poetry is not my strong suit. I, in college, had to take a course on poetry. I really did my best. Um, but it's it's not where I shine. So um, I always would, you know, lean more towards uh, short stories, um, you know, and I would just journal and journal and journal different stories. And I even had um, a teacher once in, in um, I want to say middle school, who every Friday we would 
you know, write different short stories. She'd give us a prompt and then we got a chance to share it in front of the class. And so I'd always, you know, be extremely excited and say, okay, my short story this week's going to be great. She's going to pick me to, um, you know, read in front of the class. And so whenever I got picked for something like that, I would get so excited. And so that was kind of something that, you know, helped fuel the flames, so to say, um, for me writing in general and continuing that on. So, Rachel, I got a question for you. What is that? So, actually, I got several. So, the first question is, <laughs> how do you do when you have an idea for a script, like how how long does it take you to jot those ideas down and con- like write the script? Mm, so, do you mean like coming up with the whole script in general or just like Yeah, like coming up with the whole script in, in general. Coming up with the whole script is an ever an ever moving process. It's always happening because I'm always making changes. So I might come up with a core idea and then, you know, add on to it like, well maybe the main character could be involved in this or maybe this could be like an arc that's involved in the story or maybe, you know, you're just always building on to it. And sometimes um, and sometimes it becomes a struggle where you're, you're adding so many things on that you kind of stray away from that main core idea that you had all along. And so you have to sit and say, you know, am I more attracted to that initial idea that I had? Or am I more attracted to, you know, these new things that have come from it? You know, whether the first idea was good or not, Am I, do I think that there's more potential with these new ideas? Or sometimes what will happen is I'll take the old idea and the new idea and split it in half and say, you know, this is still something I want to work on sometime in the future. I'll keep it in mind, but right now I'm going to focus on these ideas, make a whole other script and come back and maybe do something else with this other idea. All right, so um, like when you uh, write, so when you originally write a screenplay, do you write the end? Do you write like from beginning to end, or do you write mm-hmm. from like where the ending's going to be, and then write just kind of backwards? I one time wrote a script from beginning to end, and I'll tell you, it's so thinking difficult to do that. No one. I, I know very few people who write a script from beginning to end um, unless they have a huge team. And even then, you know, you're working on pieces at a time and pulling them together. I think really when it comes down to it, you're looking at what key elements are in this script. So even if you're looking at um, novel writing, they'll say, I started this story at chapter 13 and then I jumped to chapter 17 and then I was able to with these core pivotal moments in the story this is what's the most important so I need to focus on these and then find ways that I want to you know tie them together so it's very rare I feel like that I or or very few other writers that I know will start beginning to end I think you just kind of focus on the most important things and kind of build on that now, what, why is it actually so difficult to write from beginning to end? Is it kind of like you get lost within the writing or like what is the issues with that? Because um, some things that happen in the beginning, 
so much will probably need to change as the story progresses. Um, you may decide, um, oh, maybe this character needs to die, or maybe this character needs to have some type of character arc within them, which makes sense to you now. But when I wrote, you know, the first couple pages of this a month ago, it doesn't fit well. So now I'm going to have to go back and, you know, remold her character up, up front um, when, in fact, I could have just, you know, really sat down, written out all my character work and decided who I wanted her to be from the get-go, write that, and then, you know, decide, okay, now I'll go back to page one and kind of set this up to this, you know, pivotal moment. So, um, so that's kind of, it just changes too much. So as far as like character, like character development and all that, do you do that mm-hmm. before you start like name out your characters, who they are and all that? Do you start that before you start writing? The yes, absolutely. So I'll do, I'll do everything before I even start, you know, before I even get on the computer, I like to put a pen to paper. That's who I am. And so, um, before I even touch the computer, I sit down and write, you know, decide every character. I get my main characters and then you need to decide, okay, who's your supporting characters? Who's going to, you know, help the main people do what they need to do, write them out and you need backstories for everyone. So we can justify in our mind, you know, why are these characters reacting in these ways? Why are they doing what they're doing? And from what they've experienced in their lives, how are they going to, help these main characters and how are these main characters going to react to that so we're building all that out we're doing world building um, ahead of time you know and making sure that everything makes sense basically um so we're writing everything out that the script has to do with we're writing out our acts we're writing out different scenes um and just kind of you know bullet pointing and outlining those things before you can even start typing out a script so it's almost like you build the pieces of the, mm-hmm. of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the writing of the screenplay is basically putting all the pieces together. Exactly. So I, again, the first, I got really ambitious the first time I wrote a screenplay and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to write this. Um, it was supposed to be a short film um, for a class. And I was like, I'm just going to write it. And I did that and it was horrible. <laughs> it turned out so poorly uh, for good reason. And that's because I didn't do, you know, I didn't set it up. I didn't plan anything out. I wrote it from beginning to end, which can work. That can be better for a short film. That can be a lot easier just because um, going back and forth isn't, isn't as difficult, but it's still, um, it's, it's not a smart thing to do, especially if you want to yield the best results. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll plan every single thing out. So when writing a script, some people, you know, as myself, I can visually see what I'm writing down. I know as far as like mm-hmm. somebody like Kevin, he he's mentioned that he sees pictures and that's how he mm-hmm. becomes, you know, gets the script going. So for yourself, do you visually see it when you're writing it? Yes. And that's something that I think about so much when I see, um, when I see other people's work, especially when it's extremely inspiring and it's something that just makes you gasp. And I look at it and I think, okay, you couldn't have 
force yourself into a creative space to do this. You couldn't have logically come up with this with, you know, points A, B, and C. This is something that comes from the mind of a creative. This is something that you can't just make this. It has to be envisioned. Like, this just has to come to you. So when you're making something really great, it's something that, you know, kind of comes from within. So you kind of see that in your mind and you just kind of let it formulate. And sometimes trying to translate that from your mind to paper can be the most difficult thing because it makes sense to you in your head, you know, but it's so difficult sometimes to make it make sense to the masses or to other people. So, right, right. Um, it can be a challenge, but uh, if if you have that talent to where you can come up with something so abstract in your mind and then put it down on paper as a blueprint for people to then understand and film, that's the, such a talent. Indeed, it is. Like it's <laughs> it's the first script that I wrote was uh, before the night ends, and it took me a good four months to write that ten page script, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I visually saw it in my head. Like as I was, it's kind of different for everybody else. Cause for me, right. as I'm, as I'm writing a script, I can visually see it. So I start from the beginning and I go mm-hmm. all the way to the end. Cause I already mm-hmm. know how the story is going to end because it's already in my head. So mm-hmm. as far as, you know, like you saying, you know, you there's bits and pieces that you'll, you'll start off with. And then it just, it mm-hmm. makes sense. It does make yeah. sense. Yeah. So when you have, you get your character outline, you get all your pieces together and you're just getting mm-hmm. ready to, getting ready to write. So what is like your process of writing? Cause I know the um, stereotype is writers go to Starbucks to write or they go to like a cafe <laughs> or something. So it, is that kind of how, like how, what, what's the kind of the setting, a good setting for you as far as writing? Actually, I guess I am a stereotype. I do <laughs> go to Starbucks to write. Because um, I appreciate, I don't like a very quiet space. I like an open space. I like there to be um, noise that isn't distracting, if that makes sense. I need something to be going on. So I I like a library. I do like a library. Um, If I'm really trying to work something out and I'm really trying to figure out um, what I want to happen um, in a certain scene or I'm really trying to dive deep into a character, I might need to concentrate bit more so I do like libraries um I do like coffee shops um and I like uh different co-working spaces or just um lounge areas just spaces where other people are working and maybe there's like conversation going on because I don't want it to necessarily be quiet quiet I don't want it to be silent but I need um to be able to concentrate so I like to be around people because when I if, if I'm just like at home chilling by myself um, I'm gonna get way too distracted by other things, so, so you, I need. Uh, you you uh you you really like that energy and need that energy to kind of draw exactly, from. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love the energy around, and I love ideally um like a lot of windows around. I like natural lighting in as well. So, what is your um favorite kind of script to write? As far as comedy, mm-hmm. drama, romantic. So I really wish that I were a better comedy writer. I love comedy so much. I have comedy podcasts. I consume so much comedy content. I love it so much. It is one of the most difficult things to write 
because everything that's comedic, if you look at um, like a great comedic film and you look at the, uh, the screenplay for that, it looks like trash right because what it does, it's like this is like really someone said they read this and they said okay i'll produce this like this is no this is horrible but what really comes with it is them knowing okay i know that this actor is going to play this character and i know like a lot of it is the delivery so it's like okay if um john mulaney is going to say these lines i can picture how he's going to say it and it's going to be hilarious so you see what I'm saying? So yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. I were better at comedy, but a lot of that falls on the actor. <laughs> so, so maybe I've written something and it's actually good and I wouldn't know until someone, you know, <laughs> funny tries to say it. <laughs> so so what would you do um, if, uh, what was that, John Voight, if he got a hold of one of your scripts? <laughs> or uh, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it John? I think that's, <laughs> that sounds about right. Cause like I, I I heard a long time ago that dude he uh he as soon as he d- gets a script he erases all punctuation. Really? Uh, not John Voight. Uh, it's the dude dude from um King of New York, the one that played Michael White. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like uh. Yeah, they finna look this up. We are literally looking this yeah, up. Yeah, like this. yeah, for real. For real. I've I heard of what you're talking about, and I don't. I'm not quite sure what the purpose is, but I'm sure it helps them. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I, don't know if, I don't know if it does. Because, <laughs> like with with comedy, like I I think of like the movie Friday, that, right? Like that probably wasn't Ice Cube's best script, but you get the right comedians or people who are really good at ad libbing, and yeah. sometimes they just kind of is. The script is usually bare bones. It's just, <laughs> this is what is happening in this situation. This is what I need you to say. Anything else, if you want to add, is on you. It's usually the best lines in comedies are ad lib. Like, I mm-hmm. just heard about um, the five heartbeats. Mm-hmm. When Leon was like, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. That was ad lib. <laughs> Yes, and, some of the most iconic lines are ad-libs, I feel like. And he said he knew to keep it because the director came to him and said, the um, the actor doesn't like that you're saying that. And he goes, he ain't supposed to like that I'm saying it. That, that kind of makes sense, though. Because I'll look at some comedy and I'll be like, I don't, in my opinion, I don't really think that was in the script. What they just mm-hmm. said. It, I, there's no way somebody put that in their script. Unless it's just like a, like, I was like a Chris Rock, but not even I don't even that. think he, like somebody uh, just really engulfed in comedy, I would think it. But sometimes you can kind of, almost like how they say it with such, like it smoothly comes right, out, right. especially like a Chris Tucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of what he does just feels like it's ad-libbed and it just works. Uh, I'm, I'm. I can't say 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure these guys, when they do get the role and they get the script, they'll go through the script and they'll look at it and they'll be like, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but I would say it this way. And that's just how they do it. Yeah, I mean, it has to be natural. Yeah. Oh, and uh, mm-hmm. the guy's name, by the way, is Christopher Walken. Christopher, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, like, yes. oh, I have man. heard that he did that. I couldn't think of who it was, but I was like, I know what you're talking about. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like man, I'm saying John Voight, but I know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, 
That, that I feel was, like they get they get confused for each other a lot, actually. No, nah, probably, well, probably not. Walker picked yeah. up my skirt, I would absolutely just pass out on site. You have to wake <laughs> me up when the movie was done. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you need that check. You need cash that check. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you need cash that check. I'm like, oh, Dude. like just just like uh like like good old Lawrence if he if he came in like you you don't cash a check for Larry but you cash Lawrence's Lawrence's check. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So um. <laughs> Like before, do you um, look at like other writers' work as sort of like for motivation or inspiration of sorts? Yeah, I do. Um, especially in terms of writing style, um, because my style right now it's still kind of changing. I'm still kind of forming it, and each time you know, I write something, I get a little bit closer and a little bit closer to where I think I want to be. But who knows, you know, how long that's going to take, who knows where I'm going to end up and what my style ultimately is going to look like. And I feel like there are a lot of great directors out there who don't always, or not directors, writers, writers, directors. Um, There are a lot of great writers out there who don't always write the same. Um, but they're still iconic. And then there are, you know, others who you see one of their films and you're like, oh yeah, this is so-and-so, I can tell. Um, so it really just depends. So at this point in my journey, I'm trying to think, you know, is this something, am I trying to, you know, get to a certain point and what is that? What do I want, you know, my style to kind of look like? So I definitely look to um, different writers and I'll look up, you know, examples of different scripts of, films that I admire, films that I'm, you know, kind of gravitating towards, maybe the style is similar um, or something within the genre that I'm working on um, and just, you know, kind of draw inspiration from that. So when you, um, when you um, look at like, can you tell, so you're one of your favorite script writers, you don't have to say who it is, but you can tell their work when you, you know, you'll look at the film or you'll be like, oh yeah, so-and-so wrote that. So you can tell, right? Sometimes, and then sometimes I'll read something and I'll, I'll say, oh, this is really good. And then I'll see who wrote it. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't expect that from them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm probably, I think Victoria's probably good as far as seeing styles from like directors. Like they have like little mm-hmm. cues or whatnot. Now, is it ideal to have like almost like somewhat of a style or would you rather be a writer where to go, oh, she wrote that? Where it would be kind of hard to kind of figure out which style in which you would write. I think that ultimately for me, I would like to be someone where my writing style is um, not necessarily predictable, but so recognizable that when people, you know, see my writing or see a film that I wrote, they're like, oh, this is so-and-so. And because I feel like, and at least for me, if I see someone like, um, if I, if I see something new and I am watching it and I can tell while I'm watching it, oh, this is so-and-so and I'm excited about it. I get excited when I can tell, you know, oh, so-and-so wrote this. And if, if they've got a good reputation behind their name, I'm like, this is going to be great. Like, um, I feel like now Jordan Peele, for instance, you can tell his new style right away. He was always comedy and now he's branched out into the past three or four years these thrillers but it's got like this um you know kind of creepy old like old meets new age kind of feel and you can tell when you're watching something jordan peele even like 
the people who he gets to direct it, the lighting, the uh, cinema, the photography, the music behind it, everything that he puts into it in, um, in conjunction with the writing, it's like, oh my gosh, this is him. This is going to be great. Whether it's great or not, you might trick yourself into thinking it's good, even though it's not just because you know that this is this person's writing. <laughs> right, right. But, which could be at an advantage for them. <laughs> right. So like uh, like you mentioned, uh, Jordan Peele, and I guess he does like those psychological thrillers. Is what you call mm-hmm. So is out, because I always seem to like stories where at the end you're kind of fi- like figuring out the, I guess like the meaning or, or, certain, mm-hmm. or like a mystery, whereas they kind of put the puzzle together at the end. So mm-hmm. this, like outlining helps with stuff like that. It does. It really, so outlining and writing things out ahead of time really helps. If you want to put like a good twist into your story, you almost have to, you know, decide on the twist first and then go backwards from there and say, you know, how can I flip this backwards? How can I kind of disguise this so that as we're leading up to this twist, People don't recognize it. People don't suspect it. And then, bam, it hits you. So you almost, if, you, if you're going to do something, yeah, with a twist, I would say you have to. That's probably, if you're coming up with your idea for your script and you're having a dream and you wake up and you say, oh, my goodness, this dream that I had is a great, you know, idea for a script. That's your twist. And everything else that leads up to it, that's something that you're working on. So, what so you your saying, main idea is that, that well, pops. So, so what you're saying is, uh, no M Night Shyamalan. No what? <laughs> no, what M Night Shyamalan? What? Dude, the devil, devil did signs. All his twists were exactly the same. In like uh, in like four or five movies straight. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Never noticed. Oh. <laughs> I mean that. That's because okay. I didn't watch all of them. And see, that was a that was a good reference. I, I feel like I wasted that reference. You might have did. Yeah, you might. That was, you know, it's oh, okay. Oh my goodness. Hey. I I know what you're talking about. I haven't experienced it, but I get it from other people's references. So you say, uh, it's in the water, or, or, the, or the birds. Uh, 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 it seems like all the movies, like it's the water, the birds. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, that, yeah, I don't. I mean, I like his some of his movies, but I'm not a. Um, actually, actually, really, I actually really like Devil. Some of those mm-hmm. scare me, like literally. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I can't watch it was, them. It was weird. It probably was coming from him. Signs was creepy. Mm-hmm. Signs gave me nightmares. So it's kind of like, yeah, we ain't doing that. And then didn't he do uh, Six Sense too? That sounds like another movie I didn't watch. That 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 uh, that was wild. That was wild. Like I didn't see that coming. Six Sense was ruined for me because I had never seen it. And then someone, I walk into the room and they go, oh, don't you know he sees dead people? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? That's, that, I was going to rewind such, it and start that, from the beginning. Now I can't watch it. Oh, that, that, that is such a trash way to <laughs> talk to somebody about the movie. You like start at the end. Like, it's uh, horrible. You, you know what that reminds me of? What? Uh, I was yeah. watching I Am Legend, the obviously the, the Will Smith version. I was watching oh. I Am Legend. And then my sister walks in the room and she's like, hey, is the dog going to die? And, <gasps> and, and I just look at her and I, I start looking back at the TV. 
And she's like, do, do, do the zombies eat the dog? And I was like, no, the zombies don't eat the dog. Now, leave me alone. I'm trying to watch this movie. She's like, but you've seen it already. I was like, all right. She's like, well, why don't you watch it? Well, I'm like, why, do you, why don't you watch it? She's like, I don't want to watch it. I'm like, okay. And I, I just like turn to the, the screen. And I'm, cu- I'm quiet. And then she sits down. And then now she's invested in this dog. And then obviously, you know what happens. Spoiler so, alert. I have a similar kind of story with that movie. And I'm watching it. One of my friends come in and go, man, it's crazy to see Will Smith die in a movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the fuck? Oh, my God. And then I'm realizing I've never seen Will Smith die in a movie. Right. Yeah, because you, you don't want to kill off the likable character. Yeah, but I'm like, do I want to see Will Smith die in a movie? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to see this fucking movie. Now, if you, if you see the alternate <laughs> ending, you want to see Will Smith die in that movie. How did how did I I got oh, the no. half of it, and I kept thinking in my mind like I don't want to see Will Smith die in a the movie. Then watch the alternate <laughs> ending, Ed. and then then watch Will Smith die in the movie. You'd be like, yeah, he needs to die. Like I like I can't like, even. I, I promise you, the alternate ending is trash. <laughs> and my friend was like, oh, you, I thought you was rewatching this. No, it wasn't. Man. You know my rule. My rule is when I'm watching the movie, you cannot say anything to me. I don't care if I have seen the movie before. If you're going to sit next to me and you're going to watch this movie with me, you are not talking to me. Because I guarantee you. know what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Say what you're going to say. I will say I typically don't mind a spoiler unless it is a big twist. Like, if I was watching Get Out for the first time and someone was like, wow, I can't believe they stole his brain, I would be uh, like, no, uh, like, you got to go. say spoiler. But if I'm you watching, say like, spoiler. bringing down the house, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, did you get to the part where, you know, they, whatever they do in bringing down the house, I'd be like, oh, no, I haven't, but this is just, like, some random Queen Latifah movie, so it's fine. Oh. Yeah, that's understandable. You know that, I get that. I get that. That's just, like, you know, any regular person who, you know, actor who does that, you know, those regular movies, yeah. and you know exactly mm-hmm. what kind of movies they do, and you Yo. know exactly how the movie's going to end. It's like, like, I know the guy's going to get the girl in the end. Like, you don't even have to tell me. <laughs> like, like it's that. about the journey. It's about yeah. the journey. <laughs> See, with me, I don't like being told anything. It, even in those movies, I know it's going to end like that. Yeah. But I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. But if you bring it up, now I'm obsessed with the end, and I can't really pay attention to the movie. See, so it mm-hmm. ruins the whole experience with, for me. With me, it's different. I understand. With, with, with me, it's real different because, like, I've actually had a girl break up with me because I've talked during the movie, and it's like I didn't know the ending of the movie. Uh, I'm just like, yo, you getting the black experience? That's that's how you, that's how you <laughs> categorize say, say this. What? You ever go into a black like a uh, predominantly Listen. like movie in a in like yeah, a, and they all talking, and yeah. I want to throw something at all. Yeah, I can't stand that. <laughs> I oh my goodness! I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, in some instances, that makes the movie better. No, it don't. In no. some, not for me. Okay. In some, like, I, like I'm not, I'm not talking about like you know a psychological thriller. I'm talking about like action movie or something like that, where you basically suspend disbelief and it's just like it's just John Woo boats blowing up all <laughs> over the place. Like you know, you got I twenty four right here. A boat just blew up, and then a helicopter flew in and, and crashed into that that blown up boat. I was like, man, there ain't nothing to think about on that. Not too. I will say that I hate when people talk in movies, but yeah. the, or the only time 
that that has been good. I when I saw Get Out, I saw it in a theater, a theater full of black folks <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. It's the only movie theater in the town. And when I tell you, everybody, people didn't talk during the really suspenseful parts. They talked at just the right moment, and everyone in the theater was saying the same things. It just like brought so much energy to it, and it made the funnier parts that much more funny. It was probably the best and only t- experience I will have with people talking in the movie theater, but it was just a bunch of black folks telling him to get out the house and grit his keys. It was amazing, and I'll treasure it forever. I, I saw Romeo Must Die in the theaters, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think I, I think my mom was there, and then, uh, like, oh, man, people was in the back talking crazy. <laughs> man, my man was like, yeah, that's, I told you that's what your ass gonna get. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's like, ooh, 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 you know that hurt. No. You know, like Anthony Anderson. There's it, one dude who said that all the time. It was funny, though. Yeah. Like, well, it, it, I get it, that. It, was, it, was, it was mad funny. I get that. Because I've been in the movie theater and I think it was, godly. I cannot remember. I think it was one of the Fast and Furious movies that I went to go see. Oh, it's, and probably, it was, it's, it's probably part 20. Something. I, I forgot which I one it was. Care. But it, I was went with a, with a whole bunch of black people in the theater. But it, it was, I'm really not. Fast and Furious is cool, but I'm really not in tune to it. So when I went, the fact that they were talking, just kind of added to it. It just kind of added to it because I, you know, those aren't those aren't my movies. I like action movies, but Fast and Furious aren't. aren't it's my a movies. it's a little um, over exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that. So I didn't mind that. But I also went to the theater to see uh, the James Brown movie. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the theater with it, I thought it would be all right because older black people were in the theater with us looking at it. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> this might not be too bad. But I was wrong. <laughs> and it was bad. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't really want to go to the theaters no more with well, a bunch of black people. It's only good for me if I'm going to a movie and the movie's bad. So I went to see Pootie Tang. Oh. And now, you just hearing people in the back going, the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is... <laughs> what the fuck is Chris smoking? Like, so you hear these little comments, and it made it hilarious. So I can remember people commenting on the phone. I, like, I just remember when the guy's like, Moving bullets with his hair. And you just hear, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, who wrote this shit and said, all right, we going to shoot this. This shit going to look great. And you just hear him go, bro, I'm high, but I ain't this guy here. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. So, in horrible movies, I love it. I mean, it makes a difference when you in the theater and you on some drugs. That's That's a different story right there. I don't think anybody in the theater watching Pootie Tank was on drugs, but I'm pretty sure they wish they were. Because <laughs> I remember thinking it was like, man, this, this kind of sucks. And then start hearing people talk like, oh, good. It's not just me. This is good. This is good. But, but anyway, so um, you also recently, I'm going to get back to you now. Um, you recently wrote, like, wrote the screenplay for a film that, VA directed the story of Randolph. Mm-hmm. So you've took it and you're basically interpreting somebody else's writing and turning it into a mm-hmm. screenplay. 
So what are the challenges in doing that? Yeah, so it's really, really different with an adaptation because you already have in front of you what the story is supposed to be. So you have to, you know, make that translatable um, on film. A lot of times uh, when I've seen folks do that, the authors of, you know, the novel, the short story or what have you, um, at first aren't always as receptive because a lot of times there are things that don't translate as well on film as do, you know, in a book or on paper. So there are going to be, have to be a lot of changes. And I think in their minds, sometimes it's like, you know, why don't you, I, can you just take what I did and format it to a screenplay? It's like, well, you know, no, because either it'll be too long or it won't make sense on screen when it's written like this. So you might have to make changes. And then sometimes you have to, you know, either take out a lot or add a lot. Um, so that it translates better on film or so that it meets your time requirement. Uh, so it's very different. Um, but it's interesting to have those ideas already out there for you. Okay, so how, like, how long did it take you to write it? This one? I want to say, what, how long did it take you? Like a month or two? To like write it, do a draft, and then us go, okay, this is what I like, this is what I didn't like, probably write so. another draft. You they know probably what I'm did. I so I would say about two months I going back remember. and forth. I think at the beginning, though, when we were doing this project, we were going pretty quickly. Yeah, it was put um, together in six months. Mm hmm. So yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too terribly long. So, um, it just depends. Uh, quick question. So, mm-hmm. like, how, how many times do you go back and forth between not just you and VA, but, say, the, the person that originally wrote the, the piece? A lot. Countless times, which is expected. <laughs> um, it's different um, when you have a day job <laughs> and people are calling. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> which is fine and expected, but we had countless email exchanges, countless phone calls that we're going through, um, just trying to, like, get everything just right. Um, so especially it's the situation we were in was unusual just because the person writing it was also producing it. And that's usually not the case. Usually someone will pick it up and the writer, the original writer usually doesn't have as much say, um, which is fine that they did in this, uh, occasion. It was just a different situation. So having to adjust to that was different. It was, it was all first for everybody. That was just, that yeah. was the big thing and the the big thing was we were all trying to figure out how how things would go we were all trying to figure out how things would how we would put it all together and it was my first feature link or short feature I think you know it was also everybody else's first and um the fact that we got it done was I was very amazed. I'm not even gonna lie, um, mm-hmm. but I am proud of it. Uh, at the same time, so I can kind of direct this actually for the both of you. So after it being written and you obviously directing and seeing this whole project that you worked on for months, seeing it on the big screens, how did it feel for the both of you? Oh, it was amazing. Any anything that I ever do. It doesn't matter if it was if it, anything. 
seeing something that you put together on a screen mm-hmm. in front of a the in front of, in a theater with people watching it and actually enjoying it it is it is a feeling that nobody can take away from you it is yes and i was actually so i had um taken a video of the screen you know what our credits were rolling up and i saw my name on the screen i was like it it hadn't really hit me until then and i was like wow i can't i can't believe it you know i've had stuff in production before but not you know it was maybe in a film festival that was kind of small or it was small stuff so having it you know on the big screen felt insane to me and i just got you know one of those oh a year ago today type of things and that showed right, up right, and I was like wow right. that was a great moment <laughs> it was a year ago around this time yeah mm-hmm. oh, it was. yeah it was yeah you know that feeling insane coronavirus has messed us all up you you ain't lying all of tw- <laughs> all of 2020 messed us up i, I say in some ways in other ways, it got us to like hone down and focus because there's a bunch of stuff that I yeah. like that you know would have kept me busy. Yeah, and, and I probably would have had a little bit more bread over here, like for this stuff. But it actually some stuff that I kind of been pushing off. No, I'm all about the bread right now, yeah. so it's kind of it kind of made my bread go go way 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 down. And I'm like I'm like mm. I'm, I'm poor. I want mm. the bread. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm done with the positivity and perspective. Then, yeah, I'm not hearing none I, 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 of how that. How about that? How about that? No, but at so, the same so time, you can keep all so of that. Kevin can have his bread. <laughs> at the same time, it, it has slowed everybody down. To be real with you, the plan for myself and for the people around me was for us to network around this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not just talking about this online stuff. I'm talking about going out, going to festivals networking i don't care if we won nothing i don't care if we were we are in oh, it or we not was about to be out it there. was we were about to be out out there completely mm-hmm. i had a whole plan put together for us to be out there and it was kind of like everything got shut down but you, you yeah. know you know um but i don't think we'd be talking right now to the lovely sounding rachel if, if it wasn't for for that you mean like, where we have this podcast? Of, right. Yeah. I, you, you, I, may, I, you, I, you have yeah. a point there. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I you know. have a point because I, I was I was literally trying to figure out something for us to do. <laughs> I've honestly probably gotten more rest than I've had in the last 10 years. So, Rachel, I got another question for you. What is that? What is your ultimate goal? Hmm, what? <laughs> what is the ultimate goal with your uh, script writing? Hmm. I just want to make a bunch of money. <laughs> I feel you on That's that. No, you know, you know, nah, nah, nah. don't, nah, 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 nah. Don't that claim brain. that, claim that, claim that. Don't, don't, don't be playing on that. Hey, don't, that don't, is a big part hey, of it. Hey, don't, yeah, don't play, play. <laughs> I do. Ultimately, I would like for this to be my career, uh, my only career, my sole career, because I'm I'm just so passionate about filmmaking. And it's just and in my mind, every time I'm like, well, maybe I'll give up and maybe I don't think, you know, this is for me. And I see some like a spectacular film. I'm just like, wow, like there's no way I can't, you know, be involved in this. There's no way I can't right. do this, you know, as a living for myself. So I just I'm hanging on there. So we got to fake it till we make it. 
Exactly. Or it's just, you know, at one point, you know, and everybody has that moment where they just feel like it's not for them. Whatever they're going into, they feel like it's it, you'll get that moment to where you're like, it's not, this is not for me. Let what? me just go ahead and throw it in the towel. Well, only one? Only one? <laughs> I mean, oh my God. It, it's it's not it's not for me, you know, and let me just try to figure out to go go do something else to make some money. But then I know for me, when I do get that way, and when I am about to put my foot through that door of, you know, fuck this, let me go try to find some, make some money somewhere else, something comes along. And it, it mm-hmm. reminds you of, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing for this reason right here. And it happens. It, it happens. Every single every single time I say, fuck this shit, I don't want to do this no more. It, and I'm having a headache or some, some shit happened on a set or so, something happens where I'm just like, nah, forget this. Something else good right. will come right behind it yeah. and remind you, hey, you know, you're supposed to be doing this. This right here is the hard times. This is teaching you something. This bad experience right here is teaching you something. But that, mm-hmm. that bad experience, it's going to uh, come back and uh, re- really uh, get you through. What does it for me is working in a warehouse. Uh-huh. Nothing makes you go, oh, no. I don't want to do this shit. Nah, nah, ain't no lie. Like, there's something about back-breaking work that, that make you, like, really reevaluate things. But not even that, though. Not I'm just not talking about a warehouse. I'm talking about basically working a job, a regular job. Because People. in my opinion, I don't, I don't like working for anybody mm-hmm. as far as job-wise. I don't care how much money you pay me. I don't want to go in... To a job where I have to clock in on your time, take a break on your time, take a vacation on your time. Like I don't want to do that. That's not for me. You know, I mean, there, there, there's, there's a lot to that too, because it's like, it's like, oh, hey, like somebody scrutinizing every little thing that you do. I'm like, yeah. yo, man, like I had to go to the bathroom. Right. Like you ain't talking to him like that. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you up on me? I like, man, I do all this stuff. Like. If you get my face, and it's just not a you know, that's just not a warehouse job. That is a yeah, people, office job. People try you, especially in them offices. That is that uh, is a a customer customer job where you're dealing with customers. Now that could because oh, customers will talk to you any kind of way, right? And the only and you think to yourself like, if I saw you outside outside of this uniform, <laughs> the tone of your voice would change significantly because I'd have my hands around your. You know, I, I don't even know if that's the case now, man. Because you got people like just acting up. Like I'm like, who raised you? Right, right. I'm like, I'm like, you. You know what? Your daddy didn't spank you. I'm a spank. That's when you like you make that mind shift. Right. That's when you see them um, fuck these fuck this job videos. They usually be on World Star. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. McDonald's employee mm-hmm. just said, nah, "I'm gonna just choke her out right here." <laughs> or the manager got to pull pull them pull the two people back. Like yeah, she she decided at this moment this job ain't that important. It, man, it, I'm about to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that. This is like you're playing and repeating in the back of your head until you just had that that uh keeping it real goes wrong moment. Right. Sometimes it's gone right. Like I shouldn't have been here any longer, and I should been here already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rachel, <laughs> I was doing a little Facebook stalking before uh before we had this episode. Oh, good. Good, good. <laughs> and um, I noticed you had a picture with Ava DuVernay. <laughs> Bro, I'm 
listen, I'm so mad at myself. I was such a punk <laughs> back then when I met her. I should have been way more appreciative of that moment. I don't know what I was thinking. At, I at that at that time, her to giving me a job. <laughs> at that time, what what did she have out at that time? She um was about to release Selma. Okay. So it was like, I think maybe a month later, Selma came out after that. So, well, actually, Selma might have been out. So this was 2013, like fall 2013. Um, so either Selma just had come out or it was about to come out. Okay. You know, you were you when you met her, do you think in your mind, were you like memorable? Because you know what I'm saying? You can still try to slide into that production. Of- I know. And. At the time, so I was actually at a film festival, um, and we had just seen a screening of some, uh, another film that she had done, and I can't remember the name of it right now. It was some indie film. Um, we were at an indie film festival, but, um, and so at the end of the film, she, you know, spoke um, and took pictures, and we talked for a little bit, and then she left because she didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere, Alabama anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And I respect that. <laughs> but, and then I looked back on it, especially once she like blew up shortly after that. I was like, I know her. I met her. I took a picture with her. Why did I not realize how, I realized how fantastic she was once I saw her film. But <laughs> I didn't, I had no idea like then what was happening. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this lady's nice. Like, just for her, I went to the film too well. Because <laughs> she doesn't have that, like, domineering presence. But... She, like, definitely has very subtle bad bitch energy. Um, that is a perfect but, like... way to describe her. <laughs> subtle that's, bad bitch that's really energy. It. I like that. <laughs> I've, I've never heard such a thing. Like, she's not it's very like... haughty or, you know, she doesn't put it out in your face. Like, she seems very humble. Um, but, like... Obviously, don't mess with her. <laughs> like, of course, you know it, but very, very confident. And that part of that is probably coming from a uh, a very, you know, good, uh, I guess, other career into yeah. where she mm-hmm. is now, into the thing that she, you know, wants to do more than her other career, right? Because she was good right. at other jobs, right? Yeah. But what was her other job? She was a she was like a marketing or PR person, yeah, marketing on set. Oh. And then, and, then, and then she got all the information or whatever, like basically behind the scenes mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, that, and that's what I think one of the interviews that she did, she said she she used to work on sets because mm-hmm. she is from California. Uh-huh. And she said she did not like the way that the, the directors and the producers were handling people behind the scenes. Because the energy was mm-hmm. wild. Right. Yeah. And she said she just, she just didn't want to be those type of directors. And she said she that that's one of the missions that she made for herself was to not be that type of person. I mean, like I, I was at a I was at a work I was at a workshop like five years ago, and um, like a very very popular director that we all know I will not name it like we're shooting <laughs> these these big blockbuster action films which I will not name. I want to make sure I put that. Uh, it, they they call that man Satan. Hmm. Everybody, I believe hey, it. Hey, Satan's oh, on wow. set. Satan's on set. I believe it. And I'm like, I mean, and, 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 and then and then they they actually like. They think it's funny whenever they put little gaffes in there that he don't catch. So like little continuity errors and right. stuff like that. I'm like, yo, <laughs> y'all making too much money 
for the door to be closed in one shot, opening another shot, and then closing another uh-huh. shot. I mean, back to back to back. Yeah. But it shows how horrible you got to be for them to do that. I mean, like, but it's it's how you treat everybody. Yeah, because if you really rock with that person, you yeah, gonna make yeah. you gonna make sure they look good. You could, right. Well, you gonna make them look right. good because they gonna make you look good. Bingo. Exactly. So, be before we let you go, you um you're also a podcaster. So could you talk to us about it's your true. podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is called Wine Wednesday. It's spelled with an H, like wine, like complain, haha, <laughs> play on words. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is a podcast where we drink wine and do a wine tasting, but we also, you know, talk about topics. We have our little wine today. It's a, it's a lighthearted, it's a comedy podcast, and I'll have a guest on, and we'll, you know, talk about the topic of their choice. We got a couple segments. We'll drink some wine, and I record multiple episodes um, in a row usually. So depending on how far in I am to that, will depend on how funny it is. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's why Wednesday it is available on most platforms. I know it's on Spotify, SoundCloud, might be Apple Music. Um, but yeah. So, do you? Like, what is your favorite kind of wine? <sighs> Free. Um, <laughs> Wait, <you> say free, <laughs> free. <laughs> so that's that, everything that, will, that would work. Uh, <laughs> we can. Uh, I really we can any red wine. <laughs> so, so, so any any people with wines out there that that need uh, need to sponsor another yes, podcast, come sponsor. Yeah. I'll review it for free. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Minus the cost of you shipping me wine. <laughs> Other than that, it's free. Unless you want to give me some money. <laughs> so let me let me reiterate how I should have asked this question. <laughs> so let's say a guy went to impress a lady with, with a bottle of wine. What kind of wine would you think would do so? Ah, oh, you know what? I enjoy a nice free honey because it's classy. It makes me feel good. It's bubbly. I love a sparkling wine. Um, and a lot of people don't know how to pronounce it. So if you can pronounce it for me, because they have a lot of vowels and X's in it. Uh, so if you can pronounce that and then give me some, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the answer I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Man, man. Like, uh, so no, no muscadines? <laughs> You know what? I'll say after doing this, I've um, discovered that a lot of different wines give me a headache, so I got to be really careful and specific. Uh, so, wine giving people headaches? Ain't that something? Yeah. Drink brown yeah. liquor, then. Absolutely not. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would not. And, and cheap wine is good to cook with, but not good to hold a buzz. Mm. No, you put expensive wine in the meal. Uh, well, you just use cooking wine, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, cheap. Like, I, I met a a chef. He worked in a French restaurant, and my man mm-hmm. was like, "He's like, yo, the cheaper the better." I mean, because most of the most of the uh, stuff is getting cooked off anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't That's taste true. it though. So, because I don't know much <laughs> about wine. So, what is a wine that if someone brought you, it's like a it would just be a horrible. First impression. Oh, I can answer that for you. 
By all means. I know nothing about wine. Boone's Farm. Oh, God. No, I do know about that. But that's like (laughs) at the gas station. (laughs) Yeah, it's like gas station sushi. Like, I I didn't mean that low. That's that's an episode of Futurama right there. (laughs) No, that's that's struggle wine. That's, oh. No, no. Oh, my God. I've seen crackheads with that. That's that's how I know about it. But... (laughs) Say what? I didn't. Yeah, that's a, we on a whole different episode. It's, huh? it's mad cheap. It's. I feel like for me, any well, Franzia, first of all, that tastes nasty. But <laughs> <laughs> any like celebrity specialty wine, I feel like sometimes celebrities get the urge to like own a wine label, which I feel like you want to think it's classy, but then it's actually always very horribly nasty. Oh. Um, someone gave me some Snoop Dogg wine, and I wanted to absolutely die. It was the worst. <laughs> Don't recommend. Uh, so, yeah, like a wine with like a celebrity's face on it, that's not for me. <laughs> At all. I'm not a wine, I'm not a wine drinker, so, so I don't even. So if someone showed up to you with rapper chips, and Snoop Dogg's <laughs> I'll take some rat snacks. Don't play with the rat snacks. Take the snacks and go, yeah, you got to go. Whatever it's called. <laughs> well, Rachel, I want to thank you for taking time out to speak with us today. This is well, thank having me i've been waiting for this moment and now it's finally come and gone. wow there oh. you putting us on the pedestal then no 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 i like it i like it i, I will claim, i will claim this all right go ahead i'll let uh, we'll let kirsten claim this yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking claim of this too i'm standing on this pedestal that's cool because i work with it all the time so it ain't no it ain't nothing for me i, I don't y'all welcome it. y'all are welcome I don't get on many pedestals, so I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy this one. So, <laughs> Take so, it where you can get it, seriously. Dang. I feel like I'm like six foot tall. I am six foot tall, so no, I'm telling I, you, it's a great. It's great. It's great. Let's end this episode because y'all getting way too into this. They compliment the went over y'all head. Y'all look, know y'all look, ain't dating. See, okay, so here's the thing. Men don't get compliments that often. Y'all oh, yeah. are used to getting complimented. So, yes, let us Because they all in my DMs. I bet they are. <laughs> you know what's in my DMs? The Illuminati. And apparently they got a WhatsApp oh, no. number. Oh, so no. Let me get my compliments, please. I, I got some scammers. Oh, I got all scammers, the Illuminati. They uh, The Illuminati loves me for some reason. Because I've been getting, I got like eight of them on the request <laughs> folder. I mean, I get them from I get Illuminati from Instagram. Like they'll try to. Yeah, add yeah, them. I get Insta- Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all of Instagram. Don't even open that. It's just full of scans and comms and lies <laughs> and crime. Okay. Well, that's or, it. That's or, all that. That's is. basically what. Uh, that's Crying basically what. You just basically said what men compliments are, or or, or uh, the, occasional, <laughs> the occasional. We saw your profile, right? Oh uh, yeah. And uh, yes. how would, how you want to collab? How, right. How would you like to make some more money? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, man. Shh. You want to flip two hundred to two thousand? Oh, that's the classic one. <laughs> Pyramid. <laughs> Listen, oh. robbery and fraud. <laughs> that's what we're going to end it off on. Robbery and fraud. <laughs> that's what I'm talking. About. <laughs> I, was, I don't I like that. We may just name this robbery and fraud. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. 
This is Fuck It, We'll Fix It in Post, and that is a wrap.